Hey everybody, welcome to the Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast Spoiler Minisode. That's right, folks. It's me, John Burke from BurkeReviews.com, with my buddy from across the pond, the Kingsman to my statesman, Matt Hudson from WhatIWatchTonight.co.uk. Matt, how are you, sir? Doing well, still fighting the cold, but ready to talk some film. So here we are, warning right up front, this is going to be a spoiler-filled episode for uh, Denis Villeneuve's Dune from 2021. Well, that's right, folks. From this point on, (laughs) everything we say is a potential spoiler, except that. And if you don't want the spoiler review from Matt and I, go back to our last episode, check that out, spoiler-free. But here, we're going to jump right into spoilers um, biggest spoiler of all. I'm going to drop it right now. Ooh. Zendaya is barely in this movie, everybody. Barely. Yeah. Because she's going to be a really important in part two, but she's barely in this one. Uh, I haven't seen this film. Oh, no. Uh, I just, uh, no, you are right. Zendaya's not in it, but what I, but I do think she still had a presence, obviously because sure. of the dream sequences and that Paul was, uh, experiencing. She still has a mystery and a presence, which really worked for me. And, um, I'd heard beforehand that she wasn't going to be in it, but she, well, Denis Villeneuve had said she's going to be a big part of a potential part two, which has now been confirmed. So she's going to be in that. But again, I think she, she had a presence. There was, they built the mystery up well. Uh, the character of Paul Atreides, I think, was um, handled well as well. I said in the main episode, I think all the performances were good. And I think they were. And now I can obviously go into it. Jason Momoa as Duncan Idaho, I thought he was great. Really injected. He was like a bit like Anna de Amos in No Time to Die. When Jason Momoa turned up the few times he did, you know, he injected mm-hmm. something into the film. The film is, you know, it, it moves at a... A consistently steady pace it's not hurrying for anyone it get, gets thoughtful it gets ponderous at times and then jason momoa turns up and injects a bit of humor injects a bit of kick-ass action uh so i think he's done he's uh car- was cast well dave batista as well denis villeneuve knows how to use him blade runner he was just there to look menacing and beat up ryan gosling here he has a few more lines but he's still the heavy and in that role he works so uh, can't argue with any of the cast and Oscar Isaac very good Rebecca Ferguson I think was great and I think we're going to get, only going to see more to come from her in a second film because it, it, this one ends to me very ambiguous the look she gives Paul at the end she's kind of like you know cause when when, they, when, they, when he's saying no we're staying on Arrakis here with the Freeman and she, the look she's like we'll see about that man we'll see about that so that's going to be interesting are we going to find out more about who the Emperor is what's the Baron going to be doing in the next film they set these up so well in this film, my friend. So, and I said, I had no real complaints of it. Yeah. And that's, um, having watched the 84 Dune prior to this, like literally the night before yes. I, I did go in very curious to see, uh, what Villeneuve would include, what he would leave out. Um, cause the movie starts significantly different. I feel like they, <laughs> he merged a group of, of people like the, the, 84 Dune opens with the Emperor, so we haven't seen the Emperor yet in this this version of Dune. Um, so we meet the Emperor first, and then like a group of leather-clad individuals come in and basically tell the Emperor to uh, to start the drama with, with the Harkonnens and the uh, uh, House Atreides. And that doesn't seem to be a part of Villeneuve's, or at least we've not yet been introduced to it. Um, 
which is both are possible. Because uh, to me, the look of the Harkonnens mirror that of that group um, from uh, Lynch's, but that doesn't mean anything, right? Like, no, yeah. Villeneuve does not seem seem at all beholden to what Lynch did, no. um, which is great. That's I think that's really cool because I think you know some filmmakers would want to pay homage or at least reference to. I don't think it doesn't feel like Villeneuve is acknowledging, but also not in a like discrediting way. Not like dismissing oh, it. No, no, it's just like I'm making my interpretation of the books that yeah. apparently Villeneuve was a big fan of, and I don't know where my student saw this, but he told me um, he heard that. Villeneuve did Blade Runner 2049 and Arrival trying to see if he could do Dune. Like he wanted to do Dune. That was something he'd set out to do. And he basically took like projects that would help him see if he could take it on. And if you look at Blade Runner and you look at Arrival, you do kind of see Dune in that construction because Arrival is very slow paced. Um, You know, there's this idea of, uh, and, and, I think to a degree part of arrival does kind of deal with like the spli- the spice, like the idea of like folding yeah. time in and out of itself and, and whatnot. Um, I, this movie was really good. I, I also love the performances. Um, I, you know, there were things like I was looking one for one, like uh, Josh Berlin's character in this is played by Patrick Stewart in um, the uh, <laughs> David Lynch version. Um, yep. So, I know what happened to Patrick Stewart in that movie. So I'm curious if that's going to happen in part two of Dune. Um, again, knowing that I, I don't know the book, so I don't know if that was a Lynch choice or if that was a book choice. Thus, I don't know if Villeneuve will, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know where the source yeah, yeah, material yeah. has these characters. So I don't know what Villeneuve is like looking at or what he'll alter or change, but I am curious, man. Um, I, you know, there wasn't a performance in this. That I thought was bad. Uh, I love some of the visuals in this. I mean, the planet itself, just that you mentioned the sense of scale in our non-spoiler, Dude. how vast the, the sand is and how big the sandworms are, um, which the sandworms, Dude. man, like, yeah, man. So one thing I've been wondering, this isn't really spoiler talk, I guess, but my first like knowledge of sandworms as a concept was Beetlejuice as a kid, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yes. And I don't know, are the sandworms in Beetlejuice inspired by Dune? Or... Uh, I mean, di- you'd think possibly. Do they possibly. exist in other fantasy? Like, I don't know if that's, like, a Dune original idea, or if that existed uh, elsewhere. I imagine this kind of... This, this idea, the idea of them quite like this. Um, yeah, I think that's more... Of, I imagine that's a Dune idea. I imagine Beetlejuice probably was paying homage, similar to George Lucas, with... Like the sure. exogorf in Empire Strikes Back, you know the 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 worm in the asteroid, very kind of duny oh. in that sense. Also, the, the the thing in the pit, the sarlacc, right? Like, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, George Lucas hasn't been shy in saying that he's read this book before writing it. I mean, it's Star Wars is a, it's basically Seven Samurai or it's Hidden Fortress and uh, Hidden Fortress, Dune, apparently, yeah. right? Like, it's, yeah, the chosen one uh, and everything else that's going on. The hero's journey, you met all the burden that you mentioned. Yeah, um, there's a couple of shots in this which felt like Blade Runner 2049 as well. A couple of establishing shots which just felt like they were lifted from that film, and it ain't a bad film to lift from. Uh, one of the other things, too, so. you're exactly. And one of the other things to mention is a lot of people die in this film. I mean, a mm. lot of the pe- named cast. Don't I ain't making it into the second film? Obviously, Oscar Isaac being one of them. Um, what's Momoa. the other one? Jason Momoa doesn't make it out. Um, trying to think now off the top of my head, but uh, m- much of the main cast or 
the uh, subsidiary cast, the secondary cast, they don't make it out of this film. There's a pretty big body count here, which I was you know not surprised about again because I've seen the, the other films and I'm aware of aware of them, but. Uh, for those going into it thinking, oh, you know, Oscar Isaac and Jason Momoa, for example, are going to make it out and they're going to be stalwarts of the franchise. Nope. Ooh, but they, David, they've, Dash- oh, David, Sorry, Dal- David Dalmatian, whatever his name is, yeah, Dalmatian. He does not work. He does not make it to the next film either, right? Like no, he, uh, no, exactly. Yeah. And uh, the people are asking about Josh Brolin. Well, yeah, he does. Um, but yeah, Oscar Isaac, again, they're, but they're earned, though. Oscar Isaac's death meant something, except that he didn't take exactly. the Baron out. Um, and Momoa, again, they gave, they gave him his scene. It's like, here, you're, you're Duncan Idaho. You're going to, you're, you're going out, but you're not going out like a punk. You're going to save everyone. And you're going to take down nearly all of the, um, the hunters at the same time as well. So that was, that was, uh, a worthy, worthy, uh, death for him. But no, I, I really like the mystery as well in this. If, if you haven't read the books mm. or seen Lynch's film, like the mystery of what they're doing, or the Fremen, why is the, you know, the Emperor has set everyone up. To, they've set House of Trades up to fail here completely. They've, they've put them into this war to eradicate them and to get back the planet of Arrakis, which House Harkonnen used to be the Star Wars of anyway. So there's some, yeah. lot, it's basic. I read an article the other day for on screen rant, but which said doing is everything the Phantom Menace should have been and i reading it i was like absolutely you know it a lot of the uh, the story points are the same except one did them very well we're talking about tra- taxation of trade routes or uh, and things like that There's no particularly real difference in the terms of politics but this one just nailed it and um yeah I, i'm so excited my friend for part two to where like you said where villeneuve's going to take it like is he going to stick wholly to the material or is he going to shake things up a little bit but I thought it was great. I think the action scenes were great. I think the tension was really good in scenes, especially because Paul can, Paul basically sees himself dying half the time. And then when, yeah. when he's going for that one-on-one draw, you're thinking, oh, damn, is he going to die and be reborn? Nope. But uh, I, I really liked this film. I said there's nothing I disliked. And I even discussion with yourself, I was expecting you to say something and have me go, oh, now you mention it. But n- nothing. I, I genuinely thought this was great. Hans Zimmer's score, again, we didn't really mention that on the main show, but... Hans Zimmer's score is fantastic in this. Yeah, the sound it's, design it's is brilliant. Good. It has to win. Well, will it win for sound design? I don't know, but it's got to be up there for sound design because it's, it was so, so damn good. The and, sound in this film. Uh, uh, Greg Fraser is yes. the cinematographer and definitely deserves acknowledgement. Um, oh, it, it's a Rogue gorgeous One cinematographer. He was. Yeah. I mean, he's done some good stuff in the past. Yeah, yeah. Also the, the Batman is on his list. Yes. So I'm ex- it, that movie looks real good. So I'm, I'm in for that. Um, yeah, so, uh, terrific job working with Villeneuve on this for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, there, I, there's so much that we could talk about, but that's not really how we do spoilers. We're just like, what did we like? What did we not like? Yeah. I, we don't need to break down the entirety of the plot because it's dense. It's a very yes. dense world. Um, and I, I, you know, some of the changes that were made from the 84 film to this film, I really like, and some I don't, um, I mentioned the, the tone, I, I do like the a little more optimistic tone of the eighties film, um, at least in the hero, but I do like the tone of this film. And I also think it makes sense given the world that we live in. I think our shift in the role of destiny and what, like the things that we are have to do um, mm-hmm. is understandable. And um, I, yeah, I, I'm very excited to see the rest of it because one thing that's missing is the character in the 84 movie played by sting. 
that that name does not exist on any character currently in the movie. So I'm curious, is, is that something that we're saving for Act 2? Has he been rewritten? Is it Batista's character? Because I don't feel like Batista's character is in the 84 movie specifically. There's a couple of like one-for-ones, like maybe he's this guy, maybe he's that guy. But the name is not listed anywhere that I could find. Um, uh, Dave Batista is Glaus Robin, I don't believe, or Rabin. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that's listed as any character in the 84 film. So it's possible that they just renamed the character. And again, I don't know the book, so I don't know was Sting's character in the books or was that a David Lynch, which seems like a weird Lynch edition, but like Sting's pretty crazy in that movie. Like it's pretty wild that it's Sting. Like it's, so I'm, I was kind of excited to see what, uh, what Villeneuve was going to do. Cause that, I feel like Sting's character is the most eighties part <laughs> of a very movie. Like it yes, feels, and it's Sting. Yeah, and it's Sting to only emphasize the the eightiesness of it. So, um, I'm curious to see if that's going to show up or like how that will play out because it it has a Sting is not like a minor like cameo character in the '84 no. movie. He has a major fight scene in that movie that should be in part two. So I'm curious. Like, is it, logically I say it's Batista, but again, that's not the same named character. So no. I don't know if it will play out that way or not. A man called Gordon Sumner changed it to Sting, and even then, it sounds even worse than his actual name. So, um, yeah, bagpipes. If you like bagpipes, you'll get bagpipes in uh, Dune as well. So much to admire about this film. And yeah, my only criticism, which wasn't my criticism that I think people should legitimately have, is that it is quite like I say, it's very dense, it's law heavy, it's exposition heavy. Villeneuve knows that he's got to get people on board, and with that. There's a, there's a lot of times when they're talking, uh, saying words which shouldn't mean anything or factions, which you kind of like, uh, I followed along. And because of that, I dug it. I think for some people who want to go and see a Timothy Chalamet Zendaya film with Jason Momoa and Oscar Isaac, maybe hit by the density of it and think, nope, I'm out. If so, fair dues. No problem. Fair, fair enough. HBO Max is there for that as well. But it is a dense film. So if you can get past that. I think you're going to have a damn good time with it, but that's our spoiler review then of Dune, unless you've got anything else you want to add, my friend. Uh, that's it for me, sir. Um, I think that's the point where if you'd like to say something to us, you want to uh, ask us questions, you want to give feedback on the movies, keep it spoiler free on social media still, though. Yes. it's still fairly new, but you can reach out to us there at those social medias. On Instagram, we're at Bloody Awesome Movie Pod, and on Twitter, yeah, we're at BAMP, BAMP underscore podcast. You'll find us on Facebook as well, won't you, John? For now, until Facebook maybe changes its name. Who knows? But uh, we're, you can just search Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast there. I'm at BurkeReviews.com and at BurkeReviews on all the social medias. And Matt, where can they find you? Uh, WhatIWatchTonight.co.uk and search that same What I Watch Tonight on all the socials and letterbox, and you'll find me there. And, of course, uh, if you like what we're doing here at Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast, we ask you to take five seconds, give us that five-star review, and, you know, send us five bucks. You don't have to send the five bucks. That was a joke. I just <laughs> yeah. like things in sets of threes. And so uh, that's it. Um, for now, we encourage you to keep watching movies. And stay bloody awesome. Bloody, 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 bloody